another episode of the anarchist experience episode 337 aka year seven week 35 coming at you this week as always i am your host mr richie rich along with mc and ks and since we do this on clubhouse find us on clubhouse if you don't have clubhouse get clubhouse if you can't get clubhouse too bad uh but clubhouse uh the 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 club is the anarchist experience or you can at me riches for rich r-i-c-h-e-s the number four r-i-c-h and I will click the little button when I start the, the live feed uh, to, to let you know that we're going live. And then you can participate by boop, raising your hand in that goofy little app called Clubhouse. Um, but yeah, so that's how we do now. So welcome, gentlemen. Uh, what is going on with you guys this week? Um, I heard there was something really cool happening in New Hampshire. Didn't, I was t- it was totally unexpected. Didn't, didn't uh, think I would see this in my lifetime. But a representative has filed for secession or at least to put he, he wants to bring the uh, secession idea to to our, uh, new hampshire through a through a vote uh, right through the population but um that's pretty cool it's very cool and despite the fact that i am here i don't know all the details a lot of what i have is just like hearsay from other people um right because it's you know it's a political thing and i i don't involve myself too much yeah but and it's the, a pretty simple concept there's not actually much news to it besides this guy said hey we should secede and that's about as far as it is right now <laughs> well the, the the big thing with this particular go at it uh is the fact that they were able to get a representative willing to put it forward in the state legislature right right like people we we have been calling for a secession for years uh, other states mm. have had secession movements for decades, right? Um, and they, you know, they always go nowhere. This one will likely go nowhere. Right. Um, but it's 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 cool that it got to the point where there was a a representative um, who basically said, like, no, no, I'll, I'll put it forward. Um, there was a concern several months ago, right? Like when this idea was pitched again, uh, of like. You know, you, you can do this, but who's going to fund it, right? Like, there's, there's no money for this type of activity. Um, and, you know, uh, the the Crypto 6 people and part of the, you know, the, the other co-hosts of Free Talk Live basically stepped up and said, you know what, we'll fund it, right? The federal government is coming after us. Uh, we, can, we can use this tool of secession to get away from the, the federal government. And so, you know, we'll, we'll put forward some of my, so uh, along with, right, putting forth the, the funds for their own defense against federal prosecution. We're like, we, we have a little bit more to spare. We'll throw it towards this. So all of a sudden it's like, we can get a representative and we have a way to pay for all this. And so, you know, off to the races they went. And, you know, newspaper polls are what newspaper polls are online. You know, they're, they're small, they're local, whatever. Um, I don't know how much information or you can glean from a newspaper poll uh, because they have a tendency to be, you know, fudged, right. Or taken over. However you want to phrase that. Um, 
but the the poll right like should should new hampshire put this on the ballot for uh, new hampshire residents or voters to vote for uh was like an overwhelmingly 80 percent yes right i've I've seen a handful of different posts on social media and someone was like 79 someone was like 81 so somewhere in that 80 percent range depending on when you looked at the poll um was a was a resounding yes uh this at least should be put to the voters uh to to vote on right on Uh, and the the i believe this part is i'm not as uh clear on as other parts of this information um but i believe it's like a constitutional amendment to the state constitution right like that's gonna that the the wording the wording of what they're trying to do basically amends the new hampshire constitution to say like you know we secede from the united states um yada 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 so on and so forth and that uh all prior references to the the united states government or the united states constitution within this state document is then null and void so then the new hampshire constitution is the highest law of the land in the new free state of new hampshire if it were to happen um but no one expects it you know the, i mean i want to say it's a slow build right you know we, we people have been calling for it for decades we finally get it might have it like introduced will they actually put it forth to the voters Eh, probably not um but god damn it if you, if you keep pushing at it, right, pretty soon they will put it forward to the voters. And at some point, you know, pretty soon, you know, hopefully not too long after that, the voters will vote yes for it. Uh, and then and then that'll be that. And then you'll have a, a hopefully uh, peaceful separation of the state of New Hampshire from the overarching United States federal government. What would, I mean, you know, a lot of the popularity of such a thing would be driven by some particular anger or frustration with the fed what what is the biggest anger or frustration with the fed right now that would motivate people? Well, the vaccine mandate for one yeah i think that's a huge one that if is anything it, is giving that momentum i think it's the vaccine mandate and okay the, so the federal government is is mandating that and the state is has not cooperated at all with that i mean are they in, complicit in that Maybe. Not only is the state not complicit, the the gov- the official orders from the governor is that no one in the state is allowed to mandate vaccinations for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a Republican governor, um, well disliked by the libertarian community for the most part, right? Like he he, he gets some things right from a libertarian ish perspective, uh, but he's still a Republican. He's a Republican that hates libertarians. Right. He's, you know, he's, he's tired of libertarians running as Republicans and like, you know, turning, turning the Republican party into like the libertarian light party or whatever. <laughs> it's like, they're, they're not even real Republicans. Stop letting them into the party. You know, not even real re- libertarians either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that, you know, a case could be made, <laughs> but you know, like, you know, within the Liberty, within the Liberty community, it's, it's well understood that libertarians aren't going to win jack shit for the most part right. running as a libertarian in the party. Right. So the, the libertarians pick whichever side is in favor. Um, and they run on that ticket. Right. Yeah, smart. Right. And so the, the Republican party has been the, the party of favor for libertarians in recent memory and recent times. So there's a lot of liberty minded Republicans like in office, uh, in New Hampshire, uh, a handful of them, maybe even more than a handful, like, uh, 
card carrying members of the free state project, if that's a thing. Um, and they have like, you know, the, the Republican Liberty caucus or whatever, where they, you know, they, they're the ones who put forth Liberty bills and do their Liberty things. Um, so real libertarians, eh, you know, we, we can, we can, we can, we can go on, you know, have a discussion on definitions. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think it's that important. Um, would I vote for them? No, because I don't, I don't do that either. But do I want them to win? Sure, why not? If you're going to vote for somebody, you might as well vote for the, like the most, the most liberty-minded individuals here. Um, and they've got a lot of, they've, they've got a lot of stuff done. So it's hard to, it's hard to argue against the, the good that they have done, even though it's small incremental changes, right? Like, all right, fine. You know, little, little victories here, little victories there. Fantastic. Well, actually, the yeah, you know, the the great thing about little victories is they get people. It it puts a, a little turns a little switch in their mind. They start thinking about a lot of things differently. That there is something um, other than just the mainstream routine thing. To, so I like I like those little victories. They they have long term impacts on right. other things too. Which is which is why I mean, if if this was a room full of libertarians, right. I would I would stand on principle all day long and argue with them against like, you know, the the efficacy of that type of anti-libertarian behavior, right? Like we could do that. And if you want if that's a discussion you want to have, we can do that. Um but for the for the, you know, for the general audience, right? The the vast majority of status out there, um I'm not I you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to keep allies closer uh, you know, than I would in, in close circles. Right. Um, I guess the way that I phrased that before is like to the general public, if you look at me, right. You, you, you can go ahead and call me a libertarian, like fine. If that's the, if that's the label that works for you, great. Right. But amongst libertarians, right. I am the anarchist and they understand that. So that works that that's, it's a differentiator between like my values and my principles versus that of, you know, your, your typical libertarian. And if you narrow that down further, right? Like, you know, in a room full of anarchists, right? Then I have to hyphenate. Like I, I'm the anarcho-capitalist because I don't want to get lumped up with the other ANCOMs and the red and blacks and the orange and blacks or the, you know, the, the, the anarcho-socialists, uh, because I am not them either. Uh, and you can, you know, I don't know how, if you, if you needed to narrow it down further than that, but that's as far as I go. So, I don't mind the label. I don't mind saying that, you know, they're, I don't want to say that they do great work, um, but it's necessary, right? The, it, yeah. It's a full spectrum approach to everything. Like you need, yeah, you mean, need the principal anarchist to hold the principled line so that there's like, that's where we're moving the Overton window to. Yeah. And, and Rand made, made her own uh, label. Um, worked, seemed to work for her. <laughs> so. Objectivist. Right. Yeah. Which and I don't I don't I don't think I would fall into the objectivist category, because yeah, even a little with, bit though. What's that? A little bit, not not hardcore like she is. Well, hardcore. She, she, and that's that's the difference between Anne Rand and, and libertarians is she uh, allows for the state. Yeah, know? that's why I wouldn't be an objectivist. Like you know, I might have objectivist leanings in a lot of facets, uh, but right. that's that's a pretty big one, right? <laughs> I think for for myself, it's it's uh, a focus on the individual rather than the collective. So I don't know uh, what you would want to call that. Um, I actually i I don't think a world without government is possible. Okay, um, bec- because humans, 
Sure. <laughs> um, having uh, an appreciation of the individual and the individual spirit, uh, I think that is is possible. Um, yeah. To have uh, a society that that cherishes individual action over uh, the collective. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. I again, there's there's a lot to like there. But I, I, I want to also differentiate the conceptually the difference between um, I don't think we're going to live in a world without government versus I think that government is necessary for these functions, right? right. And in objectivism, no, that's, that's and in objectivism, there's like there's the I think the government is necessary for these functions. Um, I go, okay, you lost me, right? Like we, we're cool. All that individualism, you know, self responsibility, self reliance, like great. Uh, but, but then like, I feel within your own, within your own philosophy, you fail to take the next step, uh, to, to the elimination of the state. And I go like, well, why not? Right. Um, do you remember, uh, it, it was popular years ago. There was like, uh, a, a YouTuber, uh, Jan Helfeld or something like that. Remember this guy? Anybody? Uh, no. No. Okay. No. Um, look up some of his videos. Um, he got, he got real quick. Uh, real famous real quick within libertarian circles uh, because his videos were always interviews with politicians and then him using the Socratic method to, excuse me, to corner them into a contradiction and make them look foolish, right? Like it's, it's not difficult to do. And he was really, really good at it. Um, and so like, Oh, look at this guy. Like, you know, look at that interview. Like this, this dude gets it. Um, and then like watch his debate when he, when he debated against Larkin Rose, right. Who basically just used the Socratic method, the same mechanism that, that, uh, Jan Helfeld used against all these other, you know, asshole politicians to try to convince him that the state itself was an evil and unnecessary. And then he just would not accept it. Right. Like <laughs> okay. he, 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 all the fucking way to, you know, to, to the very end, I go, Nope, still need a state. Right. It's, it's, it's the, it's the frustration of minarchism and minarchy. Right. And you're like, Oh man, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a dispute, a local dispute. It's more, you know, it's, it's petty high school antics going on, going on right now, uh, between a board member of the free state project and a local, I'm going to, quotes of air quotes around this libertarian activist um, who's been like a party activist for the vast majority of her adult life, like 20 plus years in the libertarian party um, doing God's work, uh, volunteering and all this other stuff. And, but she's just a nasty person. So the vast majority of people just don't like her. Uh, we've talked about her a little bit uh, on this show because it was the impetus for the, like the split of the uh, local uh, libertarian party of New Hampshire, right? Like every, the, the entire breakup of the libertarian party of New Hampshire, however, that looked uh, several months ago, like revolved around like this one individual. Um, and so it was like put to a vote, you know, like, you know, if we were going to kick someone out of the free state project, like who would it be? Would it be this, you know, upstanding white male business owner, board member of the free state project, you know, who does you know, the good work of individualism and stuff. Or is it this other chick who's like, just fucking picks petty fights with everybody and shouts racist at people way too much. And so she, you know, she didn't get voted out officially, but 
there was a there was a cons- there was a pretty big consensus amongst uh, active members of, of the Facebook group of who they value more within the community. Um, but the the this libertarian female, right, will be a part of the libertarian party. Will consider herself libertarian, um, but then when you narrow it down, right, she goes, "Well, I'm actually a Georgist, right?" Eh. Hmm. I go, wow, well, son of a bitch. So not libertarian at all then, <laughs> right? Like if I, how, how do you reconcile that in your mind? And it's, it always boils down to the inability to conceptualize, right, how things would work in absence of this overarching government and this overarching state, right? Like how would we do that? And like nobody knows. And so on these petty little issues, well, I say petty little issues, but George is it's kind of a big one. Um, on these particular, like, you know, one-off issues, they go, can't fathom it, need a state. I go, son of a bitch, right? So close, right? Just like, you know, if you need drugs, do some drugs to unleash your imagination to allow you to see a world that exists without the state. And so I think that, you know, for for, for her as a Georgist, for uh, Randian objectivists, right, for, for minarchism in any form or fashion, it's, it's frustrating because you like, almost had it. Right. Ron Paul Republicans. Right. Almost had it. You were that close, man. You, 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 you stopped short of the you're like that dude fucking running the marathon. Right. And then starts to celebrate <laughs> 10 feet before the finish line and then gets smoked by some dude who hasn't stopped running yet. Right. Like you were so, you were so close to own to lose it at the very end, um, basically from your own doing. Right for you, for for you the in, the inability to see a world or to accept that a world without the state is possible, um, and for you MC right I'm not saying that this is you but I, I the differentiation is the inability to see a world without the state and actually advocating for the state um, because you you can't see something else right yeah like well I, the way I envision the future if if everything went the way I would want is that. The state is so small that children just basically don't care about it anymore. Like they don't think about uh, the, the the government as as the as the authoritarian or has any authority really. Just yeah. just so so small that it's invisible to them, and that's that's the future that I want to see. So. Yeah, and for, and you know taxation being what it is, uh, theft or extortion or however you want to decide on that um it's it's like one of those things where this the state could probably get away with a very small amount of it right like you you wouldn't have as much resistance if taxes were like you know two or three percent of your total annual income right your you'll ter- your total earnings and they're like well give us like give us two percent you can live off 98 percent, and resistance would like shrink um insurmountably right like you you know but i like to think that there would still be a handful of people going you know shouting from whatever rooftops they have which is vastly more than what they have now because if they've been able to keep more of their earnings and their income and their labor uh that that last two percent right if we can get to 98 percent, we can get that we can get the last two percent um i was at dinner uh several weeks ago at that you know at, at a at the fucking great restaurant um and there was, you know, we were talking about this issue, this issue of secession with either the representative or a representative or some, some dude in the legislature. 
um, about it who was like, this is unbelievable. The fact that we've even made it this far. Um, and there was a, a dude who's like, I guess, uh, I want to say part of the freedom migration, although he hasn't moved yet. Um, so he comes up, he comes to hang out from like Connecticut or whatever. And he was like, no, here's what you guys got to do, right? You don't want to push all the way to a hundred percent, right? You just want to push to like 90%, like pitch, pitch all these ideas that get you like 90% of the way there, man. Cause it's a lot easier to get people 90% of the way than it is to get them a hundred percent of the way. I go, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I'd want to stop short and have to like fucking redouble down the efforts. You know, if you can, if you can get people to 90%, surely you can get them over the hump for that other hundred percent. Right. But if the state, if the state like got down to like, you know, 2% taxation, right. Surely we could have got down to a hundred percent, but how many people are we going to lose at 98% because they go like, good enough. I'm happy with that. Right. We we can all go. If the state's only taxing me 2%, like we can all go home. I don't need to waste my time and energy and, you know, on, on push, putting my life on the line to push this last 2%. Basically how I feel though. (laughs) What do you mean? That, that at 98%, I'd probably be focused on something else than, than telling people to abandon the, the government. Right. So, but we're not there yet. And so like, if we wanted to keep you on board, right, why would we push for 90 or 98%? when we can just keep you on board and go for a hundred, right? We can get you to 98. We can get you to a hundred. Yeah. I think, I think the difference is negligible. Um, we're so far away from the 98%. So <laughs> uh, which it doesn't is, really matter. Which is why the Liberty, the Liberty movement and the libertarian community is growing, right? Cause we're so fucking it, far away from that. It affects so much more people. Yeah. What I'm saying is a hundred percent freedom versus 98% freedom. Um, Pitching either one of those is is identical to most people. It's it's so far away that it it you know yeah. <laughs> there's there's so many people that that can't imagine a world without public education. You know, and that's to me the easiest thing to change. Yeah, I I, I think we're saying the same thing because I'm I, I want to I think I'm in agreement with you. It's it's so negligible to most people that you just push for a hundred, right? Like we we should always be striving for a hundred. So that we can get to 100 with their support and yeah, not I'm get just, to 98% well, saying, and then lose at, their support. At, at the current time, it, it's, it's irrelevant. If, well, the, if la- we were, yeah, uh-huh. the last 2% involves the toughest issues usually, police courts and defense. And um, the problem with police and courts and defense is that those are the main tools for the government in, imposing lots of damage on on citizens so yes it could be minimal but it's it's just sitting there ripe for tremendous expansion and growth yeah you start a war and then suddenly you've you've gone back to um from 98 percent of freedom to 50 percent or 20 percent very very quickly and then you got to redouble your efforts to work back towards it again that's what i'm saying again i i don't know if i'm miscommunicating what i'm what i'm trying to say here because both of you, both of you, sound like you're agreeing with me. Um, insofar as you just push for the hundred, get the hundred, and you don't have to worry about that. And if if people aren't going to get, oh, you know, if if people can't get over the the uh, court, cops, courts, and roads, right? Well, then work on your pitch, I guess. Like sell that part better, um, 
because uh, again, that's the, that's the frustration with minarchism, right? It's like, you, you're so fucking close. Just, just trust me, right? Like get, if we're, if we're already at 98%, right? Just trust me for that last 2%. Like I got you this far. I'll get you the rest of the way. You don't have to like put, just pump the brakes and stop on cops, courts, and roads because you can't think of anything else, you know, that that could possibly be done. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we can turn New Hampshire into a uh, a free market zone and be an example for the rest of the U.S. But that would be phenomenal. <laughs> you know, I I see I seen a headline, and I guess I I I understood the headline I think differently than the way that the writers of the article intended for the headline to read, and it was something to the effect of like. Uh, individuals pushing for defunding the police are the most likely to use private security for their defense. I go, good. Like that's it. That isn't, isn't that what we're working towards? <laughs> right? Like we're not, no one is saying defund the police and therefore everyone is unsafe. It's defund the police and either, you know, your, your defense is in your own hands or you can contract it out to a, a party that is responsible uh, for what they do. Right. There's there's no qualified immunity for anything. They, you know, private security guards, Jesus, they, if they shoot the wrong dude, like their ass is on the line and cops just don't care. So I read the headline. and I go like, yeah, good. Like, OK, so private. So now that now that now that we know we can defund the police and have security needs taken care of. Right. What's the problem? Keep on defunding and let let these you know security firms that are protecting these rich people. Uh, expand their business out to protect the poor people too. Why wouldn't they? Uh, maybe not those particular ones, but why wouldn't a, an agency pop up for that for that purpose? It has to be there somewhere. Um, but I think the I think they're, the the point that the authors are trying to make was like, oh, look at these rich people who are still getting protection. Meanwhile, they want to take away the protection of the poor people. That's not the case at all. Uh, I mean, it could be the case in that case, but it's not it's not the way I understood it. I think. Poor people in the ghettos pretty much realize that the police aren't there for their protection. <laughs> They're uh, often the abusers. They're the ones that are most fearful of just getting arrested or stopped at the traffic light and harassed and, uh, and intimidated and shot. Or, you know, I mean, I, I think in poor neighborhoods, um, but I think at the same time, they don't see that the private security. Uh, firm that's talked about is the one that's their friend but i think if you point out that a lot of companies use private security in fact half of all security services around the country are now private security services because one they're cheaper um and i think they need to people need to make the case that they can provide the same kind of training um and the same kind of competence as maybe even better than in private security services by um, demanding those as requirements for service. I think rural Metro used to provide police services in Ajo, Arizona. As rural Metro, they they provided fire department services and they were wildly successful. But when they got into police services, the police um, commissioner and the unions and all uh, shut them down. They didn't want them to be in competition with the police services. Of course. They were able to provide... the same services, the same level and competence of services at one-seventh the price of, uh, of state and city police services. Um, if you can convey, you know, the cost savings, same quality of service, um, 
And because they can lose their contract, they can be held personally accountable. There's a lot more responsibility that they uh, they yeah. carry. Uh, there's a lot of arguments that can be made, but it's the cost savings is a difficult arguments. one because everyone looks at it as free. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They they free to you, but not free in general. Right. Like same paid for by someone. To, same thing with regard to courts. Uh, more and more people, about half of all contracts now have um, arbitration clauses in them because they don't trust the government courts to be safe and secure. And, and I mean, they're costly. They drawn out. They don't have any interest in really resolving the, uh, the disputes. So people put in these arbitration clauses that are much more likely to be... Um, dealt with by companies with a reputation of resolving disputes uh, quickly and cheaply yeah. um, and satisfying both parties. So these are our court's alternatives. That, that, was an, uh, that was an interesting point that came up um, in the example that I gave to you guys before we hit the record button, right? The, the, the restaurant dispute, the local restaurant food truck dispute here. I don't want to get into too much details. Um, but they, one of the crux of, of the argument was like, why use why use the state court? And one of the responses one was because they have a they have a monopoly on dispute resolution, right? I go, no, they don't. I mean, maybe maybe they have a monopoly on like the enforcement of dispute resolution decisions. Um, but you know, I I've you know there there's been a handful of times uh, in my life where you know for employment or whatever. Right, I go like, okay, if, you, if you're going to work here, here's the arbitration clause of your employment contract, right? Like, if, if you have a dispute, we are not, you, you cannot sue, we're not going to court, right? We, there's an arbitration agency that's going to handle this. Um, and I, you know, this is one one area where I think I've switched over the years um, because at the time I'm like, hell no, I don't, I don't trust you, the company, to pick the arbitration company. To 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 uh, to arbitrate the uh, dispute between us. It's your company. It's your arbit. You pick the arbiter. No, no way. I need I need something neutral. Um, so I I do recognize that there can be an imbalance there, uh, but if it becomes more acceptable in society, then surely there would be a way to to resolve that. Um, you know the 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 double arbitration going to a third arbitration type of a thing, and who pays what and who pay. You know we can all we can figure that all, all of that out later. Um, but it, you know, it's, it's definitely, you just gave the example. It's definitely possible to have dispute resolutions outside of the realm of the court. Um, now I said that the, the state has a monopoly on the enforcement of that because, okay, we go to an arbitration, the arbiter finds in your favor. Um, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to pay, you know, how much, Oh, how do you enforce that? Right. Like what, what do you do to make me make good on that decision? You know, yeah. There's a lot of um, innovation that has been done and can yet be done, but it it requires a lot of um, imagination to put it into effect. And discovery, for example, um, what would be the enforcement? Well, there's where I would, uh, you know, the, the 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 libertarian theorists have said, well, insurance companies and the role of insurance companies could could greatly step up, step forward and replace a lot of the government uh, monopoly functions because insurance companies then have an interest in resolving these disputes. And you, um, what you buy from insurance just isn't just protection on your life, but it's it's all kinds of things you could be protecting through insurance companies that would be um, have a motive 
to sell you a service that is is guaranteeing a, uh, a payment. So like, okay, the arbitration company settles in your favor. The insurance companies have already agreed beforehand they're going to pay out to the winner of that uh, of that dispute. Or, um, um, so these are things that are possibilities that could yet be alternatives to just government courts. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I hear you, but it, you, you will always run into the problem of what to do with the dude, who, the outlaw, right, who doesn't have insurance, you know, refuses to participate, right? That's why we need the state, because the state can physically remove him, drag him into court, and hold him until he complies, right? Well, and a solution to that is um, a pervasive boycott system where people can, you know, without a, I mean, for example, we have credit rating systems right now. It would also be a, an expanded credit rating, not just did you, did you pay your rent, but um, did you uh, fulfill the obligations of, a, of an arbitration settlement? If it doesn't, then it goes on to your, your credit rating and no one's going to hire you. No one's going to do business with you. Yeah. And that's their right as, a, as the boycott to declare you outlaw. Right. It definitely, I don't want to say no one, it, it definitely makes life more difficult, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you have skills and you're willing to work cheap enough, someone's going to hire you and take that risk. Like that's, I've come, I've come to terms with that aspect of like, you know, real life scenarios of, 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 you know, boycotts or, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Keep, 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 uh, keeping people out of the, ostracization, keeping people out mm-hmm. of the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a big world, man. And travel's easy. You, you know, you, you, you blow your credit rating out in one town, you just move to the next town over and start over again. Hopefully after, you know, the fifth or sixth time you've have to pack up your life and start over again, you figure out you can't be screwing over people. Uh, cause you know, you're not going to run out of places to live, but you're going to run out of reasons to move. So, well, you're, you're right. But I think as the world, um, and society evolves, you're going to find um, solutions to that. Market solutions will be a more pervasive um, credit rating system that expands to cover a lot more things in a lot more neighborhoods. In other words, technology has already done that tremendously just in the last uh, 10, 20, 30 years, um, made access to information about people's behavior. And so in a sense, we're still in that transition. People, yeah, they'd pick up and move, you know, a, a, a Catholic priest could uh, could abuse kids here and then move off to another uh, area. I don't think it's as easy as it used to be. <laughs> well, it, it, again, to be clear, it's not as easy as it used to be to be a Catholic priest from one area to another. Um, but if, if, you know, if you're a carpenter or an electrician, right. And you go like, I, I am new in town cause you just moved someplace else. And I charge 50% less than the other, the local electrician in this town. And I can do the same work. Right you're not going to have the same lifestyle you did in the old town um, because your reputation rating, you know, precedes you. But there, there's someone out there going like, you know what? I don't want to pay as much. And you may have a bad reputation elsewhere, but hey man, you're cheap. And if you can do good work, well then, you know, maybe, maybe I don't pay you if, you know, if you've got a history of like not paying your debts, right? And maybe you work something out where I don't pay you the full balance until I've seen the quality of your work, Right. So well, now that's you're already the financial penalty. The guy who faces all this sanction from various sources, he has to 
charge half as much. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. So in a way, there's a there's a sanction then, a penalty to you know trying to avoid the system. Right, but it's uh, what I'm saying is it's not a it's not an imposed penalty. That's absolute. Yeah, yeah. That's it's for not sure. a, it's not imposed by the arbitration company. It's not imposed by some fucking weird credit system. You know, social credit system. That even even libertarians go, ah, your reputation rating will take a hit if you if you wrong people the wrong way. Gonna, yeah, and then you move and you start over and you got you know rebuild, right? I mean, it's 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 definitely a penalty. It's just I want to I want to call it like the marketplace penalty, right? Because it's not it's not imposed by anyone. It's just what you have to do to make do in the next town while you're trying to rebuild your reputation into a good one there, right? Yeah. Now. Um I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that that's true. I mean, there there will be um, always ways that people will get around the system. You know, the moon is yeah. a harsh mistress. That's the, you know the lesson there too. But I think that um, where there are problems, the market will find more and more solutions to resolve that problem. You know, if reputation matters, uh, the market will find ways of signaling it. If reputation doesn't matter, if the only thing that matters is that you're an electrician that can do electrical work and somebody wants it real cheap that will um uh they'll find ways to, uh, to get around it i'm just saying that yeah. the market will have will have solutions to things that matter enough to people yeah i and I, and again I, I i i might be saying it wrong but i agree with you i just i don't i don't think it has to be imposed because even even the reputation rating right like just basically the example that i just gave even if the town if the new town you move into Right, you go like, well, you don't really have a reputation in this town, and we weren't able to find your reputation in the other town, and your reputation, the one reputation that we did find on you is not too good, son. You go like, I, I guess I'll just work cheaper, right? And yeah. you know, the the people with money, right, may may be like, well, nope, we're going to pay a premium for the guy with the good reputation, uh, but there is someone there, right, who wants work done, who doesn't quite have the money to pay for the guy with the good reputation. Um, and it's another it's another market signal, right? The guy with a good reputation is able to charge a premium for it, um, but there's someone to pay. So I don't I, I don't think that ostracization is going to have um, a profound effect, like many libertarian uh, philosophers claim that it will. Right? It's it's not like you know ah he, he wronged this guy and now he's going to starve to death because no one will feed him and no oh. one will sell him stuff and no one will buy. The, He'll find something somewhere. The reputation isn't just whether or not he paid his rent in the last place. It also could be whether or not he's a good quality rep, uh, electrician, or whether or not he's going to burn your place down. You know, I, you know, yes, I'd like my car fixed cheaply, but not so cheaply that it's uh, going to be worse off after I hire this guy and pay him a bunch of money, and he, and he, and he leaves me uh, with a pile of of. Um, pieces that don't work you know i mean uh, you want um you want it for yeah to get your work done yeah and i and i would also say that you know the the incompetent mechanic is not going to have trouble uh buying groceries at the grocery market market because you know his incompetence as a mechanic um you know like his his reputation as a mechanic is just shit we cannot sell him this loaf of bread right like that's that's you know i don't think he may have trouble getting work as a mechanic, but if he can do something else or find people, you know, still willing to pay him, he's, he's going to get fed, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. 
um, one way or the other may not be as much, may not have the same lifestyle. And I think that in and of itself, um, is the, the, the market correction that we'd be looking for, um, rather than some sort of, you know, mandate from on high that his reputation rating has taken a hit, right? Dock, dock him down five points, right? He, he did not change that spark plug adequately. One point deduction for you, sir. Right, that that seems you know odd, like the fucking like the Chinese stuff. Right, like look at him jaywalking across the street. Put him up on the big screen. Anyone know this guy jaywalking right here? I, I don't. You know. Well, but look at uh, at Yelp. You get one uh, critical review on Yelp, and you've lost a lot of customers. It's not just uh, well, you you know you lose a point on a credit rating. You you know because a lot of customers are looking at Yelp and they say, well, I want to know whether it's worthwhile going to this restaurant. You see a. Customer review, they're, oh, they're rude there. They, there's cockroaches all over the place. The food is uh, not what uh, what it's advertised in the menu. I mean, if they lose half their customers for it, the, <laughs> the restaurant has a motive to try and improve that. Yes. I, in general, I want to agree with you. However, it's also become quite clear that there, that there are ways to game those systems and that people like there's a restaurant that prides itself on having the worst rating on Yelp possible, right? And they are popular because of that. So, they, I, how do you how do you give them a bad review? They already know they're the worst, and it's it's well, worked in their I favor. I think that's fine. The customer that goes there deserves whatever they get, <laughs> right? Or because or because they know that it, you know it's a bunch of fake reviews or. Or you know, disgruntled, uh, disgruntled people. Anyway, like you know, and it can work the other way too. Restaurants certainly try to um, have their friends and family all put post, you know, great reviews on a restaurant just just to increase their their rates. And that's okay, where it starts. Yeah. And now you pay some Indian dude to put up, to, you know, ten or twenty of them for you under various names. Like it's, it's, it's the 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 the, the online reputation rating system that worked several years ago uh, is not as effective as it was when it first started, right? Like Yelp was wonderful when it first started and then people gamed it, right? And then, and then Google kind of took over with Google reviews and that's gamed as well, right? Amazon, right? In the beginning of Amazon, like, Oh man, look at that. Like I look at all these reviews and ratings and five and then, but every, you know, once it drops too low, then they buy reviews and then you can't trust it. Well, that's true. But the, the, the company knows that they're losing credibility. And so they, find ways they they try to de- devise ways of improving it you know you uber for example has been you know upgrading their system all along ever since they first started it so that it um, becomes more credible i mean they, they yelp knows that they have uh you know that people are gaming them so they if they're smart they will do a way to try and and um uh, fix that or else a competitor will come along and do it better. I mean, that's the great thing about the market. There's yeah. always people who are constantly innovating um, either to fix their own problem or to fix um, what doesn't exist in somebody else's uh, case. Yeah, and, I, and, and again... You never in, get that from the government. <laughs> right, and in theory, I'm with you. Um, it's just my experience of all these online you know, reputation rating systems is that eventually there's a way to game it and then that's it, right? Then then it's then you go back to it's as useless as it was before, right? Um, well, I, but, I, uh, go ahead. 
Yes, for that one, but isn't uh, isn't the market always seeking to find another competitor or an entrepreneur who's going to come up with a better system? You know, I mean, that's, yeah. as long as it's an open system, it, then it's you've always got the incentive for constant improvement in it. Right. And I, again, I generally agree with you. And right now we're in a phase where we're waiting for that competitor to come along and do reputation rating right. Because it's... And look what it was before. It was before just government licensing. Well, once you meet our criteria, whether you've paid us or, or whatever, then we'll give you a license uh, to be a doctor, for example. Oh, you're a doctor now. You're the same as all other doctors because you've got a license. Or you're a lawyer because you've got a license and you're the same as all other lawyers. And we know that that system is is uh, very very flawed as well, and it doesn't it's not nearly as as flexible as just market systems. Yeah, well, I here's the headline. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have this for our show prep. Um, I had it saved for my free talk live show prep, but it kind of fits into what you just mentioned. I don't know if we have to get into the article. I'll just read the headline. Um, this private eye was denied a license because he criticized the police. <laughs> so. To, to, to re- reiterate your point, right, when you put it in the hands of the government, um, then, then you're putting your livelihood in their hands, right? Like, his, his pro- because the, he has to get a professional license from the state, right, he, he's in effect silenced by the state from criticism. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't work, right? Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, my, my, my point with the, the market reputation ratings that we have now is... That it has been in the past, in my experience, short term, um, and it hasn't been perfected yet, right? Like mm. new th- new things are free to come along, um, but at some point they get gamed, and then they become useless, and you got to move on to something else. And I think w- what I'm saying is, in theory, yes, I 100% agree with you. Uh, in practice, we're in that middle phase right now where we're waiting for the competition to catch up and actually serve the needs of the public. Yes, yeah, thank goodness you you can still go around them and operate. Unlike the state where they just uh, you know they put you in jail for not <laughs> for not for criticizing them, yeah, not using them, yeah. But I mean, like you know, I, Amazon ratings are harder to trust than they used to be. Like you got to really dig down into the into the reviews, and and it it comes down to like I want to say wisdom at this point, right? Like mm-hmm. be, because I've been around long enough. Um, I can recognize what appears to be a real review versus what sounds like a fake review. And if you were new to this, you may not be able to make that discernment as quickly or as easily. Uh, but it, so it requires work on, on your part. I, I realize that every time I look at a movie review, I, you know, occasionally I read uh, the movie review, but I don't make that to determine whether I go to the movie. Yeah. That, and that's an, that's another area where, you know, the, the review system is broken, right? You can't trust it because for smaller no movies, right, when it first comes out, all the friends, all the family, all the actors, all the actresses, everyone who's involved in production, right, fucking 10 out of 10. This is the absolute greatest movie that you have <laughs> ever seen in your entire life. It's amazing that the greatest movie ever made was made off of a budget of like $50,000, but you're not going to believe it until you watch this movie and the movie shit, right? And eventually the movie catches up, you know, like the, the real reviews come on. People go like, I, I fucking wasted an hour and a half of my life watching this trash. Um, one, right? And then so, you know, it ticks from like 10 out of 10 to like 9.5 out of 10, 
right? Mm-hmm. And then eventually it settles somewhere in like, you know, the five or six realm. Um, but it's still inflated, right? It's still not even that good of a movie. So depending on, depending on the site you go to check your movie reviews, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a hit or miss. Um, like I, the, uh, the, the two big ones for me for movie reviews is like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb, right? And it's amazing to me, like how large the discrepancy is between some of the ratings, right? Rotten Tomatoes, 86% certified fresh. Uh, and then you look at like the audience reviews and it's like, yeah, this is like a 20%. So it's way down, <laughs> right? I think Rotten Tomatoes, I think you're missing something. Um, I'm missing something or Rotten Tomatoes is missing something? No, it, Rotten Tomatoes isn't just about how good of a movie it is. It's about how original. And so a, a lot of times it'll be a shitty movie, but it's some new concept or idea. And so it gets rated higher. Sure. But then you go to like IMDb, right? And you got like, again, 86% rotten to, uh, certified fresh, 20% from the audience reviews, and then somewhere in like the six to seven realm or five in the fives for IMDb. So like the reviews are all over the board for this one movie and you can't trust the number. You got to like read the reviews and then how much time right. are you going to spend reading the reviews? And then after reading all of them, you have to discern which ones were the fake ones and which ones were like legitimate people giving an honest opinion about how they felt about this movie. It's broken. It, you know, well, that also points out the problem that every person's criteria for evaluation are so completely different. I mean, I'm reflecting on uh, movies that MC and I have seen together, and I think a movie is fantastic, and he says, "No, oh, it was awful." You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, are the things that we're looking for, or that stimulate us, or um, are, are it's completely different by each person. So in a sense, when you look at a movie review, you give it credibility because you've liked and agreed with the the kind of point of view that that particular reviewer was. You know, that's why it was good to have... Um, but, uh, Siskel and Ebert, Siskel man. And Ebert two, because two at least thumbs up. Two guys, and when one was a thumb up and the other one was a thumb down, that was, that was fine because they were... They were looking at it from an entirely different perspective. Yeah, and then the market Maybe we spoke. we should do that, the MC and KS movie reviews. We ought to do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But but then the market spoke, right? And it was like, well, we, we, we need to make this a more democratic thing. So everyone gets a fucking vote on how good this movie is. And well, it, that's what paying your ticket fee is. <laughs> what? Oh, no, yeah, I mean, but I'm talking about like sharing your opinion afterwards, right? Like oh, that. I see, with a, a rating of the rating. right. Or a rating, or just a rating of the movie, right? Which is why it's all over the place. Siskel and Ebert, you could watch, you could like two guys, right? You're making a choice of one or two. I either um, relate more with Siskel or I relate more with Ebert, and whatever they say has been in such alignment with what how I've watched and enjoyed movies in the past mm-hmm. that I take them at their word. Like I had a buddy of mine yeah. who's no longer with us, and I, you know, he used to give me movie reviews, and I used to ask him, right? I'm like. You know, is is it? You know, he's like, this movie's fucking great, Rich. And I go like, will you stake your movie reputation on it? He goes like, what do you mean? <laughs> I go like, if you recommend this to me, and this movie is shit, right? I will never watch another movie that you recommend again, right? Like you, you lose all credibility with me in that realm. And so he goes like, well, then no, but you should watch it anyway. Like it's a good movie. <laughs> it's not a great movie. If you got like, if you got, if you got time on like a Saturday afternoon, like check this, check this movie out. Right. But I'm not, no, I'm not, I'm not putting my reputation on the line on this one. 
Like, okay, good. So like now, now there's a baseline for how great, you know, how good a movie is. Um, I had a, a ex coworker from, from back in Hawaii that I, I still message every once in a while on Facebook. And, um, we used to like, I, you, oh, you guys have met him, Jamin. Um, we used to, you know, we used to go to movies all the time. Like that was our thing on our day off. Like, uh, what's a new movie coming out? And you know, the big, big old blockbusters and, and it was fun. And we were like, we were usually on the same page when it came to movies. Like it was rarely like, dude, I'm fucking excited about this movie. He's like, eh, I, I don't know about it. Um, but I watched the, the trailer for, uh, matrix resurrection the other day. Have you seen this thing? I, 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 I glanced at it once. I'm, I didn't really uh, f- focus on it too much, but yeah, it looks okay. interesting. Right. And I went, Whoa, I'm, I'm fucking, I'm kind of digging this. Right. Like when, when they first announced the, 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 the matrix four, I was like, Oh man, they're going to fucking ruin it. Like that was my initial response. Like and, you don't need they to still rehash might. it. They still <laughs> might. They absolutely, I still could be wrong. However, like the fucking trader, I was captivated. I went, Ooh, like this is, this is a, it went from, they're going to fucking ruin it to like, have to see this now. Like they've, that trailer was so good that I now want to watch this movie. And so I messaged my button. I'm like, dude, fucking matrix. Like, wow. And it was like, yeah, I know it's fucking terrible. I can't believe they're fucking doing it. I'm like, Oh wait, no, we are, we are not on the same page all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good wow for me, man. Um, but yeah, so, you know, and, and so, so we, we had to have a conversation about it because again, usually we're on the same page. And when he goes like watch a movie, it's hands down. I'm I'm gonna go fucking pirate it and download it and torrent it and watch it like ASAP, right? Like because you know that we we were so we were so in sync with movies that we enjoyed, um, but he had uh, such a more vast knowledge base and library of films that he has seen um, that if he said like, dude, if you like this, you have to watch this, it was a no brainer. I would just watch it and like. You know, talk about it a couple of days later. Dude, that was fucking amazing. Thank you for that recommendation. Um, so it's you know, so it's it's important to like have that baseline for you know where you get your movie reviews from. Siskel and Ebert, great, right? But like user, you know, uh, movie watcher five two seven nine on the forum, harder to track that dude, man. Harder harder to like you know get a baseline for what what reviews you trust when it's just some random internet user on every you know every review site you look at you can't follow someone like that it's you know it's prohibitively difficult and time consuming to do it that way so you know you you look at a handful of reviews you look at the number and you go like well if it's a five that means it's probably more like a three you know maybe i don't tr- i don't trust these market-based reviews but i you know I either give a shot or not and then you know try to figure it out from there so the, 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 the mark in my opinion, right. You feel free to differentiate. I'm, I'm glad that we have market options for these things. Um, but I think we're in, in a, a, a flux period right now where, um, the market, the current market offerings are not meeting consumer demands, at least my consumer demands as I would like them to, um, because producers have found a way to game the system. And I'm not saying it would be better under state. I'm just saying it's, you know, not good the way it is now and the market needs to figure out another way in this particular area to improve things. Fair? Yeah. All right. Um, or just or just become better at uh, bullshit detecting. Well, and again, you're, that's, that's kind of where I'm at, <laughs> right? But <laughs> it's time consuming, right? I know. You got you like three lines in. I, I, know right as, I know right off the bat, right? If the movie was made in 2021, 
and it's a 10 out of 10, that's a bullshit review. Movies are not that good in, in 2021, right? And this, this movie that's got no publicity, uh, no marketing behind it. Set for 2021? Uh, I don't know. I think Christmas, dude. Okay. Think, well, hopefully they, they, they prove you wrong there. <laughs> right. But if the, the, when the reviews first come out, like I'm not going to trust the 10 out of 10s. Like no fucking way. Yeah. Those are, those are going to be bullshit reviews. You got, you got to wait, you got to wait for release and then you got to wait for the, 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 the real reviews to, to matriculate in. Right. And then you got to figure out where the average is because it's, it's already going to be skewed by the early 10 star reviews or the early, you know, uh, certified fresh reviews um, that, you know, the, the, the discrepancy on Rotten Tomatoes is always amazing. Right. Like, this is the most boring movie we've ever seen. 20% you know, rotten. Right. And then fucking, you, you know, the user score is like 96. Like great fucking movie. Like we love this thing. And for, based on your criteria, MC, it's like, oh, because it wasn't original. It's like nothing new there. Just, you know, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, just another movie. But Rotten Tomatoes is also wrong about a lot of things. Like one they said was uh, Avatar was the the most original movie or something like that. And they're like, no, it's it's the about the Indians. <laughs> yeah, they just remade Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. and but But again, you know that because of wisdom and experience right you don't, you don't you don't you don't glean that information just from looking at the reviews looking at the site you 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 acquire you also that also have to understand where where the people where you know the 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 professional reviewers where do they all live well they're all in california and and and, and they think you know backwards compared to most of the country so yeah but and, and again which is why you got to wait for the user reviews to ch- to trek in to to, to, <laughs> to to matriculate in and then, but they're not all going to be like accurate either. So it's, you know, there's a balance there. And I don't, I don't know where the balance is or how much time you want to spend. What I'm convinced of is that there is a better way and we have not found it yet. You just have to watch all of them. Oh man. You know, the, the amazing, the amazing thing is, is like how much, mo- how many movies I can watch, but also like how many more movies I download on a daily basis. Like I, I, there, there are some mornings, man, I click through the torrents. And I'm like, all right, like, you know, five to 10 new movies. Yeah. And it just, it just goes in the queue and I cannot watch 10 movies a day. So I know that uh, I'm, I am losing ground every day. Where, where are these new movies? I, I, you know, if I must not be Netflix and prime because they don't have much new stuff at all. I don't believe where in, these? I don't believe in intellectual property, uh, KS. So I pirate everything. So let's, you know, he's saying, where are the movies? What, where do you find, I mean, yeah. On, on pirate sites. All right. Do you, do you want me to, do you want me to fucking like put it out there? Send me me a link to me. Yeah, absolutely. Not not on here, but just send me a link. Yeah, Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know, here's just, uh, have you got, have you seen the new James Bond movie? No, because that's not even out in theaters yet, man. Like that's, I thought pirates even posted it before it's in theaters. It has to be out in a theater somewhere, oh, and I don't. Really? I, you know, a lot of times the what do I, the um, not the site that I use because the site that I use has like pretty clean, pretty clean movies. Um, so I don't watch a like lot of clean, cam. You mean quality? Yeah, high quality. Yeah, high quality. Yeah, like it's it's not a cam. Not version. somebody walking in front of the camera or something. Right. Like, that. like <laughs> there are times you know and that's gotten it's gotten easier to get those uh, because of COVID. Right, and it's like, oh, we're going to release this on fucking HBO Max and in theaters at the same time. 
like good. That means the torrents will have the HBO Max version, like you know, in a couple hours, and I'll be I'll be all set. Um, but yeah, there there are certain movies that I would either you know, de- depending on the quality, I would either go to the movie theater if it was that good, or if it's eh, kind of mediocre, then I would wait for the DVD quality movie or the Blu-ray quality to come out. Or if it was like somewhere in the middle, then I would watch the cam version just to get out of my system, so that I can say that I've seen it and not have it spoiled for me later. Um, Right, like if I wasn't, if you know, if it was a big old big budget Marvel movie, and I knew I wasn't going to be able to get to the theater that weekend, I would watch the cam version, just so that you know I could nothing was spoiled when the movie conversation came up at work the next day. Right, makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But it, you know, for for a while, some of the sites that I would go to, um, like the the movie itself would be fine, except like the subtitles would be in Korean, because. They, they pirated it, you know, they, they, the original source was a Korean site somewhere that was releasing the movie, you know, either outside theaters or whatever, and that was the only version you could get here. So I go, oh, okay, you know, the movie's got Korean subtitles, fine, right? And, I, you know, I could get mad about it, right? But I'm, it's fucking free, I'm not paying for it, so I could deal with it, you know? <laughs> you live with it. If you didn't want the Korean subtitles, you fucking pay 20 bucks for the Blu-ray, man. Like, that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. Uh but the the site that I go to now is pr- pretty clean movies. You know, it's it's either it's either a website released somewhere on one of the streaming services, or you know, uh, or a Blu-ray rip or a DVD rip of of some kind. Um, but yeah, just uh, you know, like I said, a handful of new movies on a daily basis that I will never ever get around to watching. But I'll send you the link, KS. Great, great. All right, um, we're pushing the time. You guys want to wrap it up? Any final thoughts? No. That's all right. All. That'll Good. do it for us then. Thanks. You guys know where to Aloha. find us. What's that? Aloha. Oh, too early. You got to wait. That's That comes <laughs> at the end. You guys know where to find us. Anarchistexperience.com uh, on Telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. Once again, we do the show on Clubhouse uh, at me, Riches for Rich, R-I-C-H-E-S, the number four, R-I-C-H. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchistexperience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Now you're safe. Aloha. There it is. <laughs>